I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. another fantabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends and fellow nerds try to figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is episode 113. Yes, it is. 113. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get right into it, folks. <laughs> let's do this. So let's get right into it. We have, girl, we have preamble. I understand you have places to be. No, you no. get out of here? I, th- I'm, t- I'm saying let's get to the preamble. Get to, okay, get to the preamble. This is, this is, let's set it up like an essay. <laughs> this is our inverted pyramid yeah of podcasts it'll be it'll be uh, uh thesis preamble thesis points three arguments boom conclusion first first paragraph intro point i could just do this in my sleep it's terrible <laughs> um yeah i still sometimes wonder if i know what a thesis is i have that moment where i'm like do I know what a thesis is? <laughs> do, do I? Th- uh, yeah. So let's get into it. See, we didn't get into it. We went off this like tangent because we do this. We do this, Jordan. <laughs> so let's go. First, yeah. if you want to catch up on all of us doing it. <laughs> all the doing it you can possibly handle. Then you should go to soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod. You should go to soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod. That's where we live, or for now. For now. We may become travelers in the night <laughs> and have to pack up all our stuff and go. <laughs> the gentrification of poor fiscal planning comes to SoundCloud and clears all us impoverished podcasters <laughs> <laughs> off the block. We'll have to find a new home. But for we'll now. We'll have to move further west. But for <laughs> until now, we're, then. we're living in our car at SoundCloud.com <laughs> forward slash GeekDownPod. You can go there. You can check out 112 and something episodes. Zoom, point zoom. seven seven three 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 three. Yeah. Um, episodes there. Um, and you can always leave a comment if you wish. You could. And you could subscribe if you wish. You do that too. And then when we have a new episode that we've produced out of our car, um, you're like, wow, that's beautiful. Sounds so good for being <laughs> produced on a light, on a car lighter. <laughs> and, and I fa- just found you guys on the roadside. This is so so magical. Then you could do so. You'll get a notification, usually around Tuesday, saying like, hey, new episode. Come check us out. Come check us out. Or, or. if you are like, I'm not traveling out of the city to the outskirts. Ugh. I have a condo. I have a condo. I have condo fees to pay. I get food delivered to me. I have a rooftop pool. I take selfies on for Instagram, but I have to schedule them three weeks in advance because everyone else in the condo has to take rooftop pool selfies. I did not know about this. And I think that's a thing, yeah. I, I feel like there should be a kind of like mini documentary about <laughs> the struggles of, of pool condo pool side selfies. Condo pool selfie scheduling? Um, if... You were like, that's disgusting. I don't want to go to the roadside and buy your weird weird, weird (laughs) off-brand podcast. I want it to come to me so I can take a selfie of me listening to it. Farm fresh. All you have to do is hit the little Apple Podcast button. Once you go to Apple Podcasts, you will see a subscribe button there. Yeah. And that means... She keeps pointing. I don't know if she keeps wanting dings or not, but I just keep digging. No, I'm just on a roll. (laughs) I've just had sugar. Yes. Um, if you if you do so, 
it will come to you. Our wonderful, magical, also fantabulous geek down internet elf, Ch- Ch- Chelsea. Ch- Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> we upgraded. <laughs> no, Chauncey was, <laughs> is hurt by that statement. Why do you hate me when I show um, you nothing Chauncey, but love? the magical geek down internet elf, will deliver it to you. Piping yes. hot, fresh. He'll take a selfie with you if you fresh, like. Fresh from the take ovens. <laughs> yeah. He's bringing it. He's got one of those thermal bags. He, he's like the Uber Eats of podcasts. Yeah. He just comes and he brings it to you. Yeah. And he, he's... He'll call you. He's on the wrong side of your building. <laughs> he doesn't know how to get in. <laughs> the doorman gives him, gives him the side eye. He's like, I don't know you. You don't live here. He's like, I swear to God. They called. They want this. Then he's got to get the bag inspected. They hit look subscribe. For this is just my job. I'm just trying to make ends meet living in this city because it's so expensive. <laughs> so if you hit subscribe, that is what will happen. It'll be great. Chauncey is willing to endure all of those things for you. He doesn't need to do that. We've established he is like a project management professional. He's a doctor. He's a doctor. He's a personal trainer. He doesn't need to be spending his Tuesday going through the cities of the world, leaving episodes of The Geek Down on your device. No. For insertion into your ear hole. No. He's got better things to do. But he does it because he loves it. He does. He loves it. He loves us. And he wants to bring that love to you. And if you love it and love us, you can give us five stars if you want. Mm -hmm. You can leave a comment like, hey, y'all are awesome. I'm from Texas. That kind of thing. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's the first part of getting it done. Mm. The second part of getting it done is uh-huh. getting at us or at us, as the kids say. You get it done by getting at us. Yeah. So the first way you can at us mm-hmm. is by going to at Pod on Twitter. Yes. We, we do the tweets. <laughs> Sometimes we do the tweets. Well, I should be honest. I don't do any tweets. Caitlin responded to something on Twitter once. Yeah, I was with really her excited like clan, about it. clandestine Twitter account. <laughs> I like lost my mind. I was like, yeah, she added her Twitter account. <laughs> Everyone follow her. Uh, and then she I scurried back into the log she lives in online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, you could do the same on Instagram at GeekdownPod. Uh huh. Um, then you could uh, do the old timey thing now and email us, which is uh, I uh, sorry. <laughs> Put a 78 on the Victrola and... Yeah. <laughs> and, and do... Fire up the old electronic mail machine and... And actually use your hands to type something as opposed to just moving your finger around. <laughs> click, clack, click, clack. Click, clack, click, clack. Uh, geekdownpod at gmail.com. You can get... You can send your missives to that. Your, your electronic missives. missives. to that uh to that there. And then finally, the old fogiest of things <laughs> that everyone is leaving in droves, even Lorena McKennett. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's who you point to as what? the example. Well, she's <laughs> like the tipping point for Facebook. So I, I love Lorena McKennett. She's also old fogey-ish. So if she's leaving and we're still here, there's this is the the flame-haired Scottish singer, right? She's not Scottish. She's Canadian. I'm Canadian, but she sings Scottishy type shit. I would say more like Middle Easterny type shit with a Celtic flair. If that sounds appealing, you know what? Go over to Facebook and follow she Lorena McKinnon. She lost her fiance in the nineties. He drowned in a fishing accident, and she has never recovered. He's laughing. This is not a laughing matter. I am always heartbroken when I think of that story. Anyways, so she's leaving, but we're still there. So you can 
at us there, and you can tell Jordan that he's heartless when you're there. Where do they go to get there, Kate? www.facebook.com <laughs> forward slash geekdownpod. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Poor Lorena McKenna. Poor Lorena McKenna. Finally. All of our global listeners are just hopping to Google. <laughs> Who is Lorena McKenna? Or they know of her because she's a global superstar. <laughs> Flaming red hair. She has her own Netflix special. Does she? Yeah. Clearly it does not make it to the top of my algorithm. Well, some algorithms are better than others. The final bit of, like, work we have to do is if you'd like to support us. That would be great. It would be fantastic. We would love it. And we love those who have already been supporting us. My God, we love them so much. We, We just, every time I think about it, I'm like, you guys are amazing. You've supported something that we love to do, and we love you, and you love us, and it's just this love cycle, and it's really nice. And there's no STDs involved, so... That we know of. No, I think we're good. Get tested, everyone. Always. (laughs) Be safe. (laughs) This is a general rule. However, if you are suffering from what we like to call... uh, The the, uh, street name is Heavy Pockets. Currency extremists. Yes. Currency extremists. Um, And you really... just your, Your pockets are so heavy... Or your bag, or your satchel, or your man purse, whatever you want to call it, is just weighed down. Backpack, your clutch. You're just like, I can barely hold this clutch. You could give some of that money to the homeless. Yep. And I'm not saying that's not a noble not a noble endeavor. No. But what do you get in return from giving money to the homeless? You feel good. Yeah. But there's nothing you can really hold in your hand or put in your ears. I mean... <laughs> Toronto's weird, so. <laughs> I'm just saying, perhaps giving your money to the Geek Down Pod provides a little more, you know, a little fairer exchange of goods and services. And you might be like, well, what are you going to do with this money? Are you just going to buy candy? Sometimes. <laughs> but then we like. But then we write a post about it. Yeah. Because it's not just regular candy. pictures and all kinds of things. No. What we do is we're saving up for we, we we got it got me a chair got Caitlin a chair so I have better lumbar support very important saw the osteopath the other day <laughs> um, we have bought a mixer which is fantabulous so now you get all those drops and I've been taking I've been out with the people making sure they like the drops that the shift the shift to drops was a welcome one people seem to be liking the drops okay good bell's very popular. <laughs> Probably my favorite drop. Um, um, we th- paid for SoundCloud hosting yep. for the year. We haven't had to shell out for SoundCloud hosting for like now, I think about two years. Yep. SoundCloud hosting will be coming up again. We'll be able to pay for that. We're saving for another microphone. Another microphone. So that's a microphone, the stand. And for like general like field trips and such. So when we do want to go check out some of these things that we think would appeal to you, maybe you don't live in Toronto, maybe you don't have time to get to these places, maybe you haven't even had a chance to check them out. Or like, you're like, I wonder what this is like, but I, yeah, I've got other places to go. I've got to go to Doomies first and eat their amazing food. You're like, I don't have time to go to Nations in Hamilton. Well, we can like bring it to you. And friends, I'm here to tell you, just out of my own pocket, I'm probably going to Nations this week. Caitlin says I should bring a friend, but I'm going to try to do it. Um, bring a myself. friend to like impose restrictions and boundaries. <laughs> you don't need... 15 bottles of mango creamy, creamy soda. <laughs> no, you do not. Which is what my coworker bought when he went to Nations <laughs> this week. Mango creamy soda. It was a plus. Would drink again. Just kind of tasted like cream soda. I don't know. It wasn't. 
But mangoey? A little bit, I guess. That just tastes like sugar. Excellent. <laughs> Actual, just like sugar straight. You make sugar water, it tastes just like. So if you want to support Caitlin in buying this very sugary <laughs> mango creamy soda, you can do so on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GeekDownPod. Other things that are up there. Uh, I've actually been I've been on it a little bit this week. I got I got the episode preview up. So if you're a patron, you already know what this episode is. Maybe yeah. you decided, oh man, I want to know what they're talking about. So I don't have to duck out because I hate spoilers. Because it's a thing. So you already know what we're talking about. Maybe you had time to watch it and be more involved and a part of this discussion. You can hop on any of our socials, like we said earlier, and be like, I disagree with that take. And we'll be like, cool, you're wrong, but... Well, depending on what the take is. <laughs> um, then, there, of course, there's also bonus episodes, which uh, next week I'll be bringing Gresseth to Jordan. I've been working it out, getting my things ready. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's right. Continuing adventure. Oh, man, yeah, we, we had to go, what were you calling it? Dungeon Rats in the Dungeon? Is that what we were doing? It, it, it is not Dungeon Rats. It is something <laughs> very different. Oh, my God. Friends. Look forward to that, patrons. Um, and then, of course, there's also the playlist, which I totally meant to do last week, and then my work exploded. We'll talk about that a bit in a bit. I just figured I wouldn't ask, but there's a new one up there for you, patrons. Yeah. And, yeah, all kinds of good stuff. So, there are different levels you can you can support, um, and we appreciate absolutely anything you guys can give us. We've said it before. We'll say it again right now, because maybe you've forgotten. Maybe you hear us talk about the Patreon, and you're going, I don't, have, I, don't have, I don't have that kind of money. No. Listen, we love all of our pledges yeah but we also love dollar pledges they're amazing we've said it so many times how do you feel when you find a dollar in the street it's amazing it's the your day is instantly improved that's how we feel when we see so-and-so has become a new patron for a dollar a month yeah like oh my god a dollar a month that's twelve dollars a year twelve dollars a year just to do this thing that we love that we love to do for you for like hours for like 50 hours of content yeah a year. Can you see a movie for $12? Uh, no, you cannot. No, you cannot. Can you go out to dinner for $12? Well. Like, okay, if yeah. you're getting like a beef patty, but like. But like, not like for a year. That beef patty is going to be over in like 15 minutes. Yeah. 50 hours of content a year we give you. Slightly, possibly more. Probably more. You could say thanks for as little as $12 a year. I feel like we're that like commercial for the pets that was on oh i'm going full pbs pledge drive yeah right i was now. gonna say we need to get tote bags made we need to <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to like interrupt like the great programming <laughs> just <laughs> to talk about pledges halfway through this episode we're just gonna do another 15 minutes on, <laughs> on patreon before we get back to it make everybody mad oh good times good times just saying just think about it yeah just think about it and also just feel free to add us <laughs> you can do that too. Yeah. How is it going, Caitlin McKinnon? My work exploded. Your work exploded. I'm so tired. <laughs> How did your work explode? It's not. It's not that time. Oh, it's because it's the end of the year. It's because the end of the year is also very busy. No. Beginning of the year and the end of the year and the middle of the year, <laughs> all the year except no. Um, this the new semester, the summer, spring, summer semester is not as busy. Mm. For those of you who do not know, I work at a post-secondary institution um and i really enjoy my job i just there are times when i physically cannot do the amount of work i need to do in the number of hours i'm supposed to work so like after this podcast i'm gonna go home and do some work and i'm gonna be sad gross yeah it is pretty gross but it's so that i could maybe like get out of work maybe on time tomorrow (laughs) so i can enjoy what's supposed to be a super hot day not super hot just not freezing cold so super hot it's supposed to be like 15 
Damn. Right? Fifteen sixteen. We got him off till Wednesday. Guess who's going out to play tomorrow? That would be you. This guy. This guy. This this guy. Two thumbs. Um, yeah. So that's sort of what's going on. Though I mean I'm gonna save it for updates, but I stumbled into a thing, kind of. Oh, there's been a lot of stumbling into things. Has there been? This week, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's gonna be a good update yeah. update seg yeah. <laughs> later on. I feel I feel like that's yeah, I'm super excited with the updates. Um but before, before updates. Uh news caitlin oh i'm sorry before updates and news jordan how was your week god <laughs> i'm on it okay? people say people say i'm the selfish one jesus um my time as a record collector has been very tumultuous we know this yes had a lot of opinions lately yeah a lot of rage i've been vexed yeah constantly about records uh-huh the love might be back what a little bit what's going on and very distinct areas so we know i linked up with that guy who was selling like yep like oh 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 he's getting the record oh also update for everyone they are no longer encroaching <laughs> on our geek down area he has now found something else I've, to put them up. I've, I've made some i've made some movements after five clash by toshiki katamatsu Ooh. with the obi very nice so rare i didn't even know this record came with an obi wow because you just never see it with one wow it's got me about eighty dollars um we know it was ridiculous Last year. Yeah. Last year. Last week in Toronto. Yep. Super cold. Oh. Ridiculous. Ice, storm. ice pellet rain nonsense in April. And and I had said, like, I wasn't meeting this dude far from my house. Right. I was just go- basically going around the block. After Caitlin left, I texted the dude and I was like, yo, this weather is pandemonium. Like, mm-hmm. this is just a record. We do not have to do this <laughs> today. Yeah. Homie hits me back and he's like, no, I'll just drive it to your house. Oh. And he did. Okay. <laughs> and he came to my house and he dropped it off. Wow. I even have to, all I had to do was step outside. And I was outside long enough to go, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I am not leaving the house again. Uh, so thanks for that, homie, who I saw again oh. in my travels throughout the city yesterday for Record Store Day. <laughs> and Caitlin, yeah. I was mainly going out for Record Store Day. To celebrate my friend anniversary with Leah the Brazilian. Fantastic. As established previously, my entire friendship with Leah the Brazilian really started when I said I was going out for Record Store Day one day. And she just kind of invited herself on my outing. That's the best way to do it. And we have just been, she's one of my outing people. So it's people I do stuff with. And so we started, um, and also previously established, no... Nothing on the release list. No. Some of the hype was starting to get to me on a couple of them, but they're records I already have. And they're just like, right. I'm not I'm not crossing that. I'm not jumping that. It's funny. Later on, Leah sent me the uh, uh, article. It said the list of nerds you'll see on Record Store Day. Yeah. And I was definitely like at least three of them. <laughs> like the one who says every day is Record Store Day. Right. The one who like looks down his nose at the basic ass record collectors. Uh-huh. We're there to buy, you know, whatever. The guy who's buying the... Bob Dylan re- cash-in release that comes out every year. Like, mm-hmm. there's always one. I was at least four of those people. Um, so I really wasn't planning on buying much. If anything, I was planning on... The only thing I was planning on doing was buying this this crate right. that I purchased to give a dedicated home just to my Japanese heat rocks. Very all nice. All my Japanese records, which then freed up all the space that Caitlin is now, you know, <laughs> happy to have back. It was, it was getting close there. 
I had to tuck my elbows in. Um, <laughs> you did not have to tuck your elbows in. Definitely my blinds are no longer uh, open and shut cleanly <laughs> anymore. So we went to cops first in the annex. Nothing really going on there. Just kind of had a look. Cops was having a sale. Sometimes stores have sales in addition to getting the exclusives. Cops was having a sale. I thought about maybe getting the Thundercat album, which I still didn't have. The Thundercat album only comes out on four 10 inches, oh. which makes it like 50 bucks. And I was like, eh. uh. retrospect by the time I finished the story. So didn't buy anything at Cops. Went to June. Yep. Now, I always show love to June because June, when it was time for me to release my book, I had the release party at June Records and they took care of everything and didn't ask me for shit. And just it was a dream. So if Record Store Day comes, I will spend money at June every year. Yeah. Till I leave this city. They had donuts. They did have donuts. Uh, so I bought the crate there, and I bought the only thing I could think to buy. I only bought a record for Leah because she was paying for parking all day. And I bought a New America Part 1 by Erica Badu because every year on Record Store Day, I post the video to her song, Honey, on Facebook. Right. It's just kind of like my, my start of spring. Record Store Day is really like my start of spring. Yeah. And it was gorgeous yesterday. And the video for Honey is her in a record store reenacting different record covers. It's actually a very cool video. You should you should look it up. I'll put it in the show notes if I ever do show notes again. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, how do I not have this record still? Right. How do I not have this record especially? So I bought that record. And then uh, we went to rotate this at Dundas and Ossington, which is pandemonium Oh, every year. Right. Okay. I will always avoid there. If you want... The exclusives, yeah. if you're in it for like the three Taylor Swift albums, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that happened this year. What? Or the uh, the the $50 7-inch of some sort of symphonic piece from Star Wars on a disc shaped like a Porg. Okay. $50. Okay. For something from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. On a Porg picture disc. Yep. If you really had to get that. <laughs> The disdain. Assholes. The absolute disdain. You go to rotate this. They get everything. I don't know how they're the hookup spot. I don't know how they run it, but they get everything. And But that means pandemonium. Yeah. And I got... There were a couple other like smaller things I thought they might have that were not... Like I said, I'm not in it for the exclusives that day. I'm just going out to show support to the stores. And I'm seeing like nothing and I'm like, I got to tap out. I think Leah... Did Leah get something or no? I think she tapped out too. <laughs> I think she was like, mm-mm. She had uh, almost bought a Jefferson Airplane record earlier on in the day, but it was it was like twenty five bucks or something. And she was she wasn't feeling it. And then we uh, then we went to the Brazilian Steakhouse, right? Mm, got that coxina. So good. My God, it's amazing. And the little fucking like hot pockets with the chicken and cream cheese in it. My God, Caitlin, <laughs> I had two. You're sitting there, and he's like, "Do you want another one?" I'm like, "Yeah, girl, you know I want another one." <laughs> so I got another one. And all I'm gonna say, Brazilian Steakhouses. Yep. Are staffed by Brazilian waitresses. Jordan. Applause. Jordan. God bless Brazil. Viva Brazil. Jordan. Beautiful women. And also good steak. Maybe, maybe the fellows were. I don't know. I didn't ask Lee if the fellows were. <laughs> if the fellows there were all right. And then, just because I, I got to go, I've been in there so much recently, I didn't really think there was a reason for me to go. Yeah. But just, you know, to show support, say hello, we go see. The homie he saw Cosmos Records. Of course. First, we go to the other Cosmos because just so, like we haven't been in there forever, and you can tell me if the Brazilian records are actually like worth a damn. Right. And she sees the prices on them, and they go, "Yeah, like my dad's got one of those." Uh, <laughs> and then we go down, and here's a, here's an important point. Um, we only parked in a one hour zone, about a ten minute walk from Cosmos. Right. So, 
Lee is very concerned all day about getting a ticket. Right. As she drove, I can't really be too much like, it's fine. Like, just relax. Like, it's fine. You're not going to get a ticket. It's fine. Yeah. We go to Cosmos. And I just, there were a couple of things. I've, I hadn't bought anything all day, really. Right. I bought the crate and the one record at June. And I was like, well, maybe this is one of those days. It's a special day. The sun's out. I'm feeling great. Maybe it's a day to do something stupid. Uh-oh. Maybe I'm just going to buy a stupid record. Uh-oh. By Cosmos. I didn't buy a stupid record. You didn't? I was listening to the stupid record. It was $90. Oh, my gosh. That's stupid. And I looked it up on Discogs, and I was like, well, if you bought it and then you factored in shipping, it'd probably be 100 bucks if you were to buy it off of Discogs. Right. So if you were ever going to be stupid and buy this record, it's another Tycho Nuki record. Like, it'd be cool. She it'd be nice to have. a lot of records. Everybody's got a lot of records. And I'm listening to it, and I was like, let me just do the old drops. Let me make sure there's something, like, I have to have on here. And it was me and this other girl. Yeah. And he still walks by. It's packed in the store, by the way. Oh, and I met Jay Dilla's uncle. Uh, what? Oh. <laughs> sorry, bury the lead. Yeah. Oh, my God. I walked in and Jay Dilla's uncle was there. That's so crazy. Yeah. And I almost wore my Dilla's Delight shirt. I did have a Dilla t-shirt on. I had the Stussy Dilla right. shirt on. Um, but I almost had the shirt from the store that he owns. He owns the, he's the one who owns the donut shop in Detroit. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I like, said hello and introduced myself and said I was from Windsor and I had friends down there and I had a shirt and did not say I wrote the book. What? I, I don't, everybody like is appalled by this. I don't know how the family, if they even know the book exists or if they read the book or how they feel about the book. Like nobody got in touch with you know, nobody ever replied to my emails when I said I was writing it. So. Right. But still, I think that's ridiculous. Just let that go. Um, so that was cool. And then, so it's me and this other girl and he sort of comes up and he kind of gestures to the girl and then he looks at me and what I'm doing and he goes... Hey, come here. What? He's like, you just come here. Caitlin? Yeah. He threw the curtain open. What? He pointed at a box. <gasps> he said, I can't discount these, but you can have first crack. <gasps> what? Caitlin, it was a full fucking U-Haul box of Fresh from Japan. Oh, my God records that have been priced and just weren't out yet this isn't even my thing and i'm like having heart palpitations and for Hisa you is letting me just take first crack and me and this other girl who there was apparently a box of hip-hop back there as well we're both just like swearing at each other we're just like what fuck fucking <laughs> fuck so about three. Oh my god <laughs> you didn't really do something stupid huh and i'm also like now I'm worried, but there's also the time concern with the car, right? right. So it's like I had a stack of like six, but three of them I don't know. Right. So I'm like doing needle drops on these ones I don't know, like as fast as I possibly can. And Leah's kind of glancing at me, who has found her Jefferson airplane record at Cosmos for $12. Oh my God. Uh, so Cosmos isn't always the ripoff that sometimes I seem to think they were leaning towards. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> just like needle dropping. So what did I get? Oh, oh, he's pulling it out. From the woman who brought us the banana record. I love the banana record. We have Flush. Fantastic. By Junko Ohashi and Crystal City. Oh. Right? Oh. I saw that cover. I was like, I think I know that record and I think I like it, but fuck it. For the cover alone. For the like, cover alone. Man. It's amazing. Um, got them. Apologies for the rumbling, y'all. The bin is underneath <laughs> the table we record on. And Kimiko Kasai, Ooh. who was one of uh, the right, right Place, track one there. Ooh, that's a jam. This is like some real just like funk disco type stuff. She sings in English, though, which is weird. Um, she's all right. Right Place is the one I bought that one for. But yeah, that was like $130. Oh, my gosh. In total, not that record. Yeah. Total. But you were total. like, totally going to do something stupid. And it was like, it was like, well, if you buy, if you pay cash, 
I'm like, BRB. <laughs> Run to the BMO. I was like, well, mission accomplished. And it's funny. I said, I said to Leah, because uh, also, let's not forget, I have two more in the mail coming from Japan as we speak right yes. now that I bought like, you know, a few weeks ago. I was telling Leah about Caitlin's whole, like, you know, after the last Discogs run or the, the one the dude came in the snow to give me, I was like, will you be satisfied then? We're, uh, we're, we're good. You're, we're good now? We're good. we're good for just a little bit? We're good. Okay. It's like, oh, well, that, that Gladstone show is coming up in May, but it's like, mm, I'm good. You're good? I think, I, I think I'll be all right. All right. Huh. Happy record store day, everyone. You let me in the back, Caitlin. They pulled the curtain aside. That's like... You touched the stars for a moment. Like, you met Dilla's uncle. <laughs> like, the culmination of the, like, year I've put in. Yeah. Swinging by Cosmos. Sometimes buying stuff, sometimes not. Sometimes just chatting with Isa. Full crate of, like, pristine, hadn't even hit the bins yet. I could have bought three more easily. You're just going to have to write more books and make... I am writing another book. Write more. Keep on writing more. Translations. We've already talked about this. I don't know if we ever talked about this on air, but you need to become famous so I can ride your coattails. Okay? I don't do anything creative. This is the plan. We have established this. (laughs) Jordan gets famous. Caitlin rides the coattails. Yes. I am am supportive. That's what I do. I, I help facilitate you making stuff because I don't make stuff. And then I ride the, ride the coattails. I appreciate it. I think this is a perfect deal. <laughs> perfect arrangement. Caitlin? Yeah. News. Uh, news. Oh, and just for anyone who was curious, I did not go to the aquarium last weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, we actually um, were heading back home and then we the storm went crazy and we got stuck in super traffic. So instead of being in super traffic all the way home for hours and hours we went to um uh oh what's that discount you went to a mall right i went to the discount mall the uh the outlet the sherway no uh the one across from sherway i think oh i only know fawn mills and that's not where you went no anyways it was this super super you went to the outlet mall 90s discount outlet mall nice it was amazing um we got bubble tea nice um we found this store that basically sells things super discounted because like the boxes are ruined. Oh yeah. And they had like anything you could imagine. They like liquidation world. Yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. I think it's called uh treasure trove or treasure box or something. Amazing. And yeah, it was fantastic. And we got some super amazing things for a super good discount. Um, so yeah, we did that instead. And then we went home and I will talk about updates later, and I will tell you what we watched when we went home. So, news, though. Very important. Mm. Um, We like cons. We think cons are good. Conventions. Yeah. Uh, Universal Fan Con, which was a uh, sort of an idea from a couple of different places. Black Girl. Black Girl Nerds had a part in this, Black Girl Nerd, and then, like, I think something called, like, Black Geeks or something like that is another kind of um, place for um, persons of color to, like, feel comfortable in that liking their geeky stuff because, as we know, a whole bunch of geeky stuff is taken over by whiteies who are the worst. The worst. Um, so that was the idea, idea behind um, uh, what's called Universal Fan Con. It was from April 27th to 29th, and it has been postponed. Why? Apparently, there was um, 
uh, ticket sales and advertisers didn't materialize. Oh. No one's really know knows sort of what's going on. Mm. Um, they had a huge, great lineup of people coming. Um, that's been canceled. People are sort of obviously and rightly extremely upset. Um, but it has been postponed. Apparently, they're looking to try and re- revitalize it, do something with it. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure. So. That was just a bit of a story that had sort of flown my way. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, someone, I think it was the Mary Sue or something, said their subtitle was like, now we know how people from Firefest felt. <laughs> you know, you get really excited for something. You think it's all set. you, And then you, like, get to that point and there's nothing. Mm. Right? So I don't know if this was the organizers. They say that they had paid out of their own pocket quite a bit, mm. um, hoping things would materialize. But just, like, the money just wasn't there. So... And I don't know how expensive it is to run a con. Oh. So I'm guessing by Jordan's face, it's unbelievably expensive. It's a lot. Um, And I think it also depends on, like, the size of your con and that kind of thing. But anyways, I hope that they all work it out. And that things turn out better than people think they will. Hopefully. You know, glass half full. (laughs) Um, uh, Second bit of news, uh, Tribeca Film Fest 2018. Okay. What is going on? It is the hot mess of the week. I don't... Clue me in. Apparently, um, uh, some guy tried to pitch a script to Jonathan Nolan during the Q&A, and they had to, like, end it early, and (laughs) because why? People are awful. And uh, Jesus Christ. the moderator of this Scarface talk. Oh, is that what that was from? Uh, yeah. Okay. Asked Michelle for this super sexist question about her weight during Scarface. Uh-huh. And she was sort of stunned. And I just saw a thing that somebody had like. <clears throat> It was like, oh, I just downloaded all the photos off my camera. And here is Michelle Pfeiffer replying to that question in three photos. And it was like just this like the look of a pall on her face. Yeah. And she was like, well, I was playing a co- cocaine addict. So like I was trying to lose weight throughout it. It was sort of like she was answering the question, but very also like, why? Why would you ever? Why would you ask me that? And he started with like, as a father of a daughter, like, how much did you weigh during the making of Scarface and she was like huh and then there was this other part where I can't remember if it was the moderator or someone said like oh do you think they could make sort of Scarface with the woman as mm. you know the lead character and like before Michelle Pfeiffer could say anything like Robert De Niro and somebody else were like no and I was like well they've actually made a couple of really great things about like cocaine drug lords like Columbiana, it's just she's that's more of an actiony one, but there's been a couple of them that have been really, really good. So I think they could actually. Also, it's 2018. Get your heads out of your asses. Um, yeah. Hey, I just think back of like GTA 4, as much shit as they got for like, oh, it's always dude protagonists. Elizabeth Torres in GTA 4 was like mid game drug boss running the show that you did jobs for. Yeah. So, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Um, and. Finally, I'm ending on a weird bit of good news Um, and things I did not know. Uh, I always love historical stuff. Yes. Did you know that Saudi Arabia had a a public film ban that started in the 1980s? How? Like, what do you mean? No one could... There was no going to the movies. Oh, I did not know. Could not go to the cinema. And that has ended after 35 years. (laughs) Um, And guess what the premier movie was? The first movie. The first movie shown in Saudi Arabia after 35 years. Yeah. 
push based on the novel by Seth. <laughs> no. Black Panther. Oh, <laughs> of course. Um, so the crown. I was close. <laughs> Um, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, who I'm like, what's he doing? Like, what are, I'm like watching it like a chess game. I'm like, what is this man doing? He has lifted the ban and he has made a deal with AMC to have a hundred movie theaters pop up in um, Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, and the premiere, like the film premiere was, it was women and men sitting together. Um, people are watching this to see if they're going to split. Like make women yeah. sit on one side and men sit on the other side, um, or if it's going to continue. The uh, crown prince has been trying, or for some reasons, has been trying to like put in measures to make Saudi Arabia <clears throat> more um, up with the present uh, temperature as far as <laughs> like women's rights go and yes. modernization, quote unquote. Um, and this has been one of them. So. Yeah, it's kind of good news, but I'm also like, why? Interesting. What are they doing, right? Aren't that wrestling? Aren't that wrestling shows part of that as well? Because they're making a huge deal out of it, right? They're treating it like WrestleMania part two, even though they just had WrestleMania like, you know, three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah, like the fucking Undertaker's wrestling again. So yeah, it's for the Saudi Arabia show. It's very um, very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, what about you? What are, updates? And then going on? Uh, updates. Only updates I have. I have one that will uh, I'm going to save to the second half of the show because it actually ties in more there. Okay. I did, after Caitlin left, uh, watch a couple episodes of What <laughs> the, the Fuck Is It Called? Big, small Spaces, Big Dreams. Yeah. Or Big Dreams, Small Spaces, something like that. She, she ain't wrong, y'all. It's the comfiest it's British mad, thing ever. It's mad comf. Yeah. Mad comf. What's his name? Monty. Monty what? Monty... English something, <laughs> Monty, Monty, British guy. Um, yeah, I only got through. Uh, only got through the first two because other things kept popping up on my Netflix. But yeah, the second episode where they like wanted to make a space for their uh, toddler with Down syndrome, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, he just loves flowers and shit, and he's adorable. So yeah, I watched a little bit about that. Netflix knows me, so one day I went to fire it up, and at the top top of the queue was a show called A Nori. A Nori. A Nori. The Love Bus. What? Like, what? <laughs> Japanese show. Put seven people on a bus. Yeah. They travel through Asia. They're all looking for romance. My first instinct was like, oh my God, it's Terrace House on Wheels. Right. It is not. It is not? It is far trashier <gasps> than Terrace House. Well, they're on a bus, so. And it's also like when you watch Japanese television. Yeah. It's always that shit where like text is always going up on the screen. Like they say something and then it shows in text what they just said on the bottom of the screen type mm -hmm. of thing. It's a lot of that vibe. Right. On the show. Um, the panel's not as funny. Although this girl Becky is on it, which I'm fascinated <laughs> by. Okay. Listen, put it to you like this. There was a band I really liked called Gesso no Kiwami Otome. I'm just calling Gesso Tome. And the lead singer is a piece of trash. Right. And there was a thing where he was cheating on it. Basically, was cheating on his wife with Becky <gasps> and either had lied about being married or something. But basically, you know, he gets away scot-free. Yeah. And Becky has to go on the, like, apology tour. Oh. You know. And because it's Japan, you have to, like, call a press conference and have all the media come and, like, snap pictures in your face while you apologize. Oh, my gosh. About how terrible you are and, you know, the... the d discomfort and distress the you've put his wife through. <laughs> like The sexism... Is something that like it's pretty next level. Yeah, 
<laughs> that there was a moment once where it's like somebody at somebody was asking like what about you becky have you ever had like some sort of something about ro- something about her romantic life yeah and she just started laughing and she's like you know the answer <laughs> I'm like, are we talking about that um yeah way trashier although there is this character her name's deparin i get i only got through one episode her name's deparin and she's really like the hero we deserve like <laughs> in the first episode she chews out all the dudes for being too timid right uh <laughs> amazing has a moment with the girls later on because they do the really and it's so trashy like they go to the beach and you know stand there and spin for the guys to look at type of thing and i'm watching and just like oh my god what the fuck um it's like being back in the 1950s <laughs> it's like the 40s the girls are talking by themselves and it's like you'd think like they would we'd all like pair off or something or like get to know each other but the dudes all just like left <laughs> to go uh, do i don't know what and the girls are there like in their bikinis like Okay. So we're, we're doing this now. And like, <laughs> is talking to the girls later and she's like, I put in like three pads. <laughs> <laughs> she like, these pads and her ass and tits and stuff. Oh, honey. And her whole thing is like, she's got, she makes it sound like she has these horrible buck teeth. Like she's got, teeth could use some straightening mm-hmm. if she cared enough. But like that's her whole jam. She just really wants like the relationship where you make fun of each other all the time. Where somebody <laughs> makes fun of her and she makes fun of them. And I'm right. like... Deperin, you are, I might be in it just for you. And reading episode synopses, it looks like she's really the one who like gets into a lot of fights and cr- looks like the staff becomes a big part of it. Like <laughs> them cursing out the staff. <laughs> like This is a total trash fire. I might just have to stay with this. Um, so I watched that. We watched Golden Camoey yeah. last week, which I know a lot of people are still up on, but we were kind of like, eh. eh. I've heard two things about this show since. Uh, one, read the manga. Okay. It's, way, it's way better. All right. Um, but stay with it if you want to learn more about Ainu culture, which is probably the the bigger selling point because the one protagonist is Ainu or indigenous Japanese. Okay. CGI bears, though, tough hurdle to get over. It is. They're, it was, ooh. They were real ugly. They really. Caitlin and I were like, nope. Nope. Uh, and the other thing, which is a thing Caitlin will get next week, is Megalobox, which is Megalobox. a terrible name, but it is a anime from this season. It is... I did not know this. It is a 50th anniversary project for a manga slash anime called Ashita no Joe. So or, not Megalobox. No. Oh. <laughs> a, or rather, it is a it is a reimagining on the occasion of the 50th anniversary of Ashita no Joe, um, which was a boxing anime manga oh. Oh. in the typical like sports style. Okay. You know, climbing the ranks. I'm going to be the very best like no one was before. Pretty much. Um, but this is a, you know post-apocalyptic reimagining of that story type of thing so you box but you also wear like exo robot arms type shit god can someone please help them with their names mega low box does have one of the best uh uses of a rap montage since blood blockade battlefront and beyond and a killer closing theme song so that's my leader for the uh for the start of the spring season um, oh, and I forgot to mention this last week. I did watch a couple more episodes of uh, Antarctica Girls. Yeah. I was very pleased. How did you feel about the friend with glasses? Um, Kimari's she, friend. She's kind of ditched. Who kind of kind of ditched, but also kind of shit on her all the time. Well, Like, no. don't get your hopes up too much. Like, I don't want you to get disappointed. I think she's just being, like, realistic. No, she wasn't. Oh. And they addressed that in one of the episodes. Oh. And I was like, good for you. Oh. Good for you for addressing that. Because that was the vibe I was getting the whole time. was like, she kind of got that vibe that, like, I was always, you know, you needed me to look after you type of thing. Right. I was the responsible one. I was the smart one. You were the ditz. And now you're doing this really kind of amazing thing that I never thought you had in you. Interesting. And I kind of resent that. 
I didn't totally catch catch that, but that's the vibe she gave me, and they really leaned into that, and still like resolved it. It was kind of adorable and made me well up a little bit. Wow, I might need to like not enjoy the weather outside and just watch stuff. Still some good animes out there. Uh, I know people are like, whatever the fuck's going on with that darling in the Frank show everybody hates and is mad about because it's not as gay as they want it to be, or what else is out there? I like I haven't even kept up, but. I don't have time. I still have the wire to finish. And apparently I was watching Superstore this morning because just because. Just because. Just because. All right, Caitlin. Yeah. You were like super excited to get into some sort of update you had. I I was. Okay. So first to get like the business out of the way. The business. I finished Jessica Jones. Oh. Yeah. And? It was good. It was fine. It was fine. It like ended on a bit of a rough note, not quite where I wanted it to, but was not also like the worst thing ever. I mean, we could. I, don't, I haven't read it, so we can talk about it another day, perhaps. But some there was some think piece I saw that was like, should Marvel shows even have second seasons? Is oh, I roll. It, yeah, it was well, because not... of any of them being. I mean, there's only two of them that have had second. Daredevil and Jessica Jones are the yeah. only two that have happened so far. But like, neither of them have been great. I liked some bits of it. I think a third season is gonna. If they do a third season, it's really going to pick up. I think. That's where I kind of... I think they had to do this season to get her where they needed her, if that makes any sense. And I also think sometimes that people... I, I Weirdly, I either think people want way too much out of their entertainment or don't want enough out of it. Like, it goes back and forth. <laughs> never the sweet spot. Um, and I think people spend way too much time thinking about their entertainment, though we do this podcast, so I don't... <laughs> I don't know if I'm bad-mouthing myself, but we just talk about, like, the things we like and why we like them, not, like, this is how it's going to destroy your brain if you watch this thing. Listen, that's that's me on Twitter. I get, like, especially on the Geek Down Twitter at this point, which used to be my happy place. It's yeah. now just, like, literally, here's a thread on everything that's wrong with this show, and it's, like, 47 tweets long, and I'm just <laughs> like, ugh. No. No. And we'll get into this later, but there's always, like, these fraught relationships with creators, especially if they happen to be men and, like, worked in the last 30 years because they're probably horrible <laughs> human beings. <sighs> but besides that, yeah, and I don't know much about the production of it, but Lost in Space. Uh-oh. Holy fucking shit. Did I we... watched every single episode. <laughs> holy shit. All right. Did I talk to you about this beforehand and whether or not you were... Did you not think you were going to care about it? Yeah, because I was like, whatever. And I didn't watch the original. I didn't watch the. I haven't seen the terrible '90s movie with Matt LeBlanc. Like, <laughs> not interested in Lost in Space was not one of my things. Uh, apparently, senior correspondent loves Lost in Space. Huge Lost in Space fan. Like old school. Like old like school. television show. Has also seen the movie, mm. and I was like, well, so is the movie terrible? And he's like, yeah, it's terrible, but. I liked it. <laughs> so he can recognize it was terrible, but he still enjoyed it. People hated the movie, I recall, because it missed the point. Like, original Lost in Space is very campy. Yeah. It has a lot of camp to it. So this Lost in Space is not campy. This Lost in Space is like the Star Trek discovery I wanted. Oh, oh, Jesus. It's a bold, bold statements, friends. Yeah, well... You can come at me, but it is all about, like, solving the problem, using science to get out of it, using your skills, like, uh, terrain that is extraterrestrial, like, aliens, uh, first contact, like, all of this stuff that I wanted 
and I want out of my Star Trek, which is mostly it's like it's the solving problem piece, right? Mm. I want them to solve problems. And that's constantly not, what the show is. Not with phasers. Not with not necessarily with phasers. Now they do have like a robot, so there's that, but Well pause there for a moment. Okay. Caitlin? Yeah. Do you want to fuck the robot? What? There's a lot of people on Twitter who want to fuck the robot. What is going on? What the hell? Get above Twitter. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's the only conversation about Lost in Space I've seen online about people <laughs> people posting people? people posting photos of the robot. And is he's a little thick with three C's, I'm gathering. What the hell? Just telling you what it's like out there, girl. Oh my god. So that's what? a no. No. Controversial take. Caitlin does not want to fuck the robot. <laughs> it hadn't even <laughs> occurred to me at all in any way, shape, or form. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Anyways, so it is very much about the family um, and resolving their issues and becoming stronger um, as a family and solving all these problems with math and science, which is just like my happy place. Math, y'all. Um, and I loved it. And I thought it was super, super entertaining. And if you want like a fun, interesting space show that you're going to be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next or how did they get out of this one? This is the show for you. Um, senior correspondent and I totally flaked um, on some of our really important things we needed to do this week. <laughs> and we're just like, we're watching the show. We don't even care anymore. Um, and it was totally worth it. Well, hearty reco, y'all. Yeah. And it's already picked up for a second season. So I can't be the only one who liked it. There you go. Yeah. So uh, Netflix, please keep on coming into my dreams at night and taking the things I want to watch and turning them into television shows. <laughs> oh, my God. What? We do have to mention. I've seen a couple episodes. Um, we talked about it way back when it first launched, but Agretzko is here, y'all. Oh, yes. The, the death metal karaoke singing Red Panda office lady. I have not taken a look. Um, how is it? Very feminist. Oh, good. <laughs> um, I was like that when that happens. So I don't think like her backstory, the episodes are only 15 minutes long. Yeah. Um, the original short shorts that were like three minutes long. I don't mm-hmm. think any of the character relationships were really defined. Right. Um, you see it like when she starts at her job in the accounting department. And the like, the two people she look up she looks up to are um, one of the VPs who's a woman and a gorilla, and like the president's of the company's uh, secretary right. or executive assistant, who's like kind of an eagle or a falcon or something. Right. And she passes them in the hallway, and they're walking all super fierce, and she's like, "Oh my god, I just wish, I wish I could be like that type of thing." And then there's a pause, and <laughs> the gorilla just goes. It is killing me to walk like this. And she <laughs> slumps over. <laughs> and the, the assistant's like, we have an image to project. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Straightens back up. Um, so those elements I, I greatly enjoyed. Uh, it's a dumb little frilly show that's fun, but it has you know, surprising surprising things to say regarding her like terrible boss who's just like... Terrible? You are, what was the phrase? Like, like, actually, like, the women talking to each other about, like, it's not our job to pretty up your office space, like, <laughs> type yeah. of thing. Like, like Gretzko is having these conversations <laughs> in its anime, but 90% of other anime that doesn't even care about. No. Isn't even coming close to those concerns. So, you know, once again, Netflix is all we need. Ah, uh, Netflix. Ah, uh, Netflix. You just, you need more Jane Austen. Because <laughs> I've had to go other places to get my Jane Austen. Oh, what's the, uh... Emma Thompson, Haley Atwell's in an adaptation of something right now. Howard's End, perhaps. Oh, Howard's End. Ew. Ew. Uh, I mean, ew to Howard's End. Not (laughs) ew. I. It's just not my favorite. Okay. I'm just saying. Just keeps you in the loop. 
I know it, I know Howard's end. I know <laughs> it's they're making a remake. They had a movie. Talking to me about this disdain, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just it's the same thing like um Far From the Madden Crowd and uh, Madame Bovary. They're all like about like affairs and people's hearts getting broken and people and re- dying. And real estate. And real estate. Though I've been really wow. uh, like Romantic era and real estate. Really fascinating, actually. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Well, we're not going to go watch Netflix right now. No. But we are going to take a break. We are. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the things we brought each other. Excellent. Awesome. Okay. Okay, bye. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the show. This is the part of the program where Caitlin and I talk about the things we brought each other. But before we do that, stop. Stop in the name of the... Collaborate and talk about the rules. Oh, I like that better. You should do that more often. First rule, the rule of three. It's the rule that if the thing we give each other comes in episodes, issues parts we will consume three of those irrelevant totally irrelevant this week, this week. two movies movies two documentaries so film <laughs> films films. films to talk about but normally you want to give the thing a chance to be the thing it's going to be yes so you want it to get it you want it to establish itself yes which Just makes sense give it a chance we've yeah. said before if you went back and listened to the first three episodes of this show <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you get a sense that we were on an upward swing, but <laughs> if you only listen to the first one, you'd be like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'm out. And if this is your first episode, you should definitely keep listening <laughs> because from week to week, the show changes. <laughs> really? Just a total want for consistency on this show. I think that makes it part of our charm. <laughs> keep it fluid, y'all. And fresh. Which brings us to our second rule. Rule the second. Hashtag save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing until you're sitting in front of these microphones. And that is can be very hard to do. Sometimes. As we spoke about, probably for the first year of this show, Jordan and my relationship was built on yelling at each other across Facebook Messenger about things that we were watching. Be like, I'm watching this. Holy shit, Caitlin, you need to watch this. Or Caitlin told me, why did you tell me to watch this? It's terrible. Or Jordan, stop trying to give me anime. And then we have a show, and now he gets to give me all the anime he wants. It was just that that was, I played the long game on that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one day, I'm going to rope her into doing a podcast years from now. And then a few weeks into that podcast, we'll start doling out all the anime. All the anime. And then finally, the third rule, which isn't really a rule. It's more of a policy. Is that there will be spoilers. There will be spoilers. All the spoilers. These are two documentaries about things that actually happen. Yeah. They are matters of the public record. So, so reality already spoiled it for you. Yeah. And if you still don't want to hear about these documentaries and you want to, I don't know, like experience them on your own time by yourself, then you should just head on out. Head on out. Grab a cookie. Thanks for hanging. Have a juice. Get outside. Have a cookie and a juice. Yeah. <laughs> have a nap. <laughs> we're just, we really like toddlers today because that's actually what we're doing. We're having cookies and juice. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> actually like a kindergartner's podcast right now. Yeah. Okay. They're really so, good cookies, though, yeah. They are. They're delicious. We like to alternate. So we are going to start this week with the thing I brought, Caitlin, which was a thing that hit only a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I just randomly watched it myself. I said, oh, that's out. Let me watch that. And I went, this ain't bad. I said, let me throw this to Caitlin McKinnon because as we have established, when it's about the stories, Caitlin McKinnon kind of likes her some pro wrestling. I do. And there are a few stories in pro wrestling more iconic than the story of Andre Rene Rusimov, better known as Andre the Giant, mm-hmm. which is the title of the documentary, Andre the Giant, which aired on HBO on the 10th of April. And it's based on the life of Andre Rusimov and his struggle with gigantism and how he got into professional wrestling and talks to everyone involved at various points of his life, including Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, Pat Patterson, Ric Flair, Schwarzenegger, Billy Crystal, Rob Reiner's in there, Robin Wright, all the people from The Princess Bride. Because if yep. you don't know who Andre the Giant is, but you know The Princess Bride. You know he, who Andre the Giant is. He was Fezzik. You know who Andre the Giant is. He's the giant. And I was interested in watching this in the first place because I'd always heard that like if you came up into wrestling in the era of Hulkamania. Yeah. You didn't really, you didn't really see Andre. Right. Like Andre was there, but he was already over the hump at that point. Um, his condition basically just meant he didn't ever stop growing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned a few things watching this. Um, definitely there was a moment in there where you see him like come off the top rope and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. (laughs) I never saw Andre in his prime when he was like, not so in so much pain because he was in a ton of pain at that point in his career right when i knew him um but anyway i thought this was an okay documentary it wasn't like the best documentary i've ever seen mm-hmm. um but i definitely learned some things may have made me well up at points yeah i'll talk about the moment specifically for me um later on but kayla mckinnon how familiar were you with andre the giant so I feel like if I, once I say this, we're going to be like hissing from the crowd. I didn't necessarily realize that Andre the Giant had been a wrestler. That's fair. I, I, again, like what little wrestling I remember about or wrestling I remember as a child was from like the late 80s, early 90s where everyone had the like toys and like my cousins had like the wrestling ring. Um and then that's how I knew of it, right? And I watched some wrestling with them, and I watched like maybe I don't know a couple shows every time I was there because they were really into, they were pretty into it. And I knew like Jake the Snake, and I thought Jake the Snake was cool because he had a bag of snakes. But as you've told me, it was just one snake, just one. And I feel cheated. Um, <laughs> but I I I knew Andre the Giant from like a person that was very well known, and from The Princess Bride. But I didn't realize that... He was already on the way out by that point. Yeah. When you were watching. And I thought maybe he had been like, you know, a a wrestler maybe in Europe. But it never really struck me that he'd actually done tons of work in the United States. Mm. Um, So this was super, super informative. And not just about him and his life, but about wrestling. Yeah, because I remember one thing that struck me after thinking like I will give this to Caitlin was they break down what wrestling was like in that pre WWE era with yeah. like the territories and stuff. And I was like, that will be good for Caitlin to see. I better understand the, the business, that aspect of the business. I didn't know that Vince McMahon's dad 
yeah. had started that like McMahon empire, basically. Yep. Like I had no idea. And seeing young Vince McMahon is also weird. <laughs> and he's like very much like the, the commentator and like looks oh, yeah. very like professional. And then you see him now and he looks like a used car salesman. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? I remember the moment even as a fan growing up where you realize that like, oh, it was him all the time. Because all he did was commentate. Like yeah. he was just he was the commentator. Um, and the moment where it like crossed over where he like admitted that he owned the company. Oh, really? That was the boss. Oh, that, that, that's a story for another day, but that was a whole huge, oh, cool. huge thing. Um, but anyway, so, and then just seeing how intrinsic he was to that Hulkamania move towards mm. this big national thing um, that became, you know, what was the WWF and then became the WWE. Um, like, it, that was really interesting and... Um, just, I don't know, getting sort of like a glimpse into his life, but then being sad about his, you yeah. know, his loneliness and his, you know, how really hard it was to see people be cruel to him. Right. And all of that, that was just, that was really sad. And even at the end, you know, um, having, uh, putting Hulk Hogan over, Hey, I did a thing. Terminology. Terminology. Um, how that affected his career and his mentality and his health and his, you know, his, and you kind of saw that when, when, we, when I watched the wrestler, like how people look at you, even though they know it's sort of fake and how that feedback you get from people, like whether it's just like vibes or emotionally or through the ether or whatever mm. really can, can affect you. So that was really interesting. Definitely, there was a moment in there where they're talking about uh, a guy I only knew as a referee, Tim mm-hmm. Tim White, who, when he first started with the WWF, was basically like Andre's handler. Yeah. Um, and I don't know where this footage came from, but Tim White was telling the story about how he kind of first, like, <laughs> put his foot in it when, like... Yeah. Because the locker room was sacred, like... Only the boys. Like, this is, like, this is the Kearney aspect. Yeah. Only the wrestlers and only the refs. Yes. Tim White was neither at that point, and he went, but he had already been working for the company for, like, a, a few weeks or something. Or yeah. he'd been on, out with them for a while, so he figured, oh, that's good. Y'all know me. Like, I'm... I work and, here. And, and he walked in to tell somebody something, and Andre, who was always playing cards in the back, apparently, that was his big jam. He always liked to play, yeah. play cards in the back. And I don't think this footage is from that moment, but no. there's definitely... They overlay it with a shot of, like, somebody peering a camera into the back when like Andre's talking with somebody about something and Andre turns and sees the camera and is like tells him to get the fuck out of here and I was like Jesus Christ like run if, run if, if that dude ever looked at you angry like yeah. it was done yeah um yeah the point being that Tim White walked back there and was like went to tell Andre something he was like you need to get the fuck out and Tim was like what he said no you're ripping me right like no it's like no you need to get the fuck out now yeah <laughs> it's like Okay. And and just also that Andre was very like kind and and had a big heart, but also he could decimate anybody else. At least in the early days, right? And how much he hated uh uh Macho Man yeah, Randy I didn't, Savage. I did not know he hated, you know, he and, hated he, like, Macho. And, and that other guy, the the blonde guy who was like also big it was really, oh, big, big John Stud. Yeah, and like just he was like he didn't want to wrestle him because he's like he's gonna kill me, and just he really could throw it down. And I mean, legends 
legends you always heard about that I've heard about other places or in books or other documentaries. It's like the drinking was obviously always yeah. one thing that's inhuman alcohol consumption yeah. of this dude. Um, just because of the size of him, like minimum a two, four. Yeah. That, that was his, like, if Andre was having a beer, it was a two, four beers. And they even have yeah. a photo of him like holding an old school can of Molson and, and it's, he's palming it. It's yeah. literally just, he's palming it. Um, and the, the two rows of teeth thing I remember hearing about right. at one point where either he would rib the boys or other people would get ribbed talking about he had two rows of teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and like two hearts and stuff. Yes. <laughs> oh, you got to see Ric Flair. That's right. You got to yes. spend some time with the nature boy. Um, the one story I remember hearing was uh, like a traffic. He solved the traffic dispute by getting out of his car and overturning the car of the person who like. Yeah. Because he could do it. I don't know whether that's true or apocryphal, I don't know. But I mean, it, you believe it because it's you've seen him do these other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did not. I did not know he hated Savage. That was. But again, isn't it Hogan saying he hated Savage? Like that's, I know a couple people said that he hated him. Um, yeah, I didn't know that. And, I, and he hated the baby oil or something? Right, because <laughs> Savage would always wear this baby oil that Andre hated. The story of WrestleMania three, which plays a big part in the documentary, which is the moment where Andre um, laid down for Hogan, to try, as Caitlin said, to put Hogan over, to really yeah. like cement him as the guy going into the next era. There's always that you know, torch passing is a big thing yeah. in the wrestling business. Um, I've heard like 50 different versions of that story because Hogan is in the parlance an infamous worker. Right. He's always, he will always tell a version of the story that best suits the situation he's in. Right. So in this version, I've heard versions of the story where Andre did not offer anything. Right. Like to the moment where Hogan went to slam him, he didn't know if he was going to let him do it. Cause like the big, the, the you watch the match itself it's only like 10 minutes long because yeah. andre couldn't do a lot at that point yeah because he was like, in so much pain um in the version hogan tells here it's like andre was calling for spots yeah like andre at was getting end, up and yelling yeah. yelling slam for him to slam him um and hogan not knowing until he was in the ring really how the match was gonna go um i've heard other versions of that story that are like andre didn't say anything right. Hogan just like tried it and didn't know until he was trying to get andre up if andre was gonna let him um do it because Andre wasn't going anywhere if he didn't help you yeah. <laughs> slam him. Um, but, you know, it's an, for for the purpose of this documentary, it's a nice story. Is it the truth? Who knows? But, I mean, it's wrestling, I, it's wrestling right? I really find fascinating about this because even when they were talking about the build-up to WrestleMania 3, it was like, they've never met each other in a match before. And they're like, <laughs> actually, they met each other like... Like dozens and dozens and dozens of times. Yeah, they, but, ta- they tag together. and But they... They make this story, right? And so nothing, they like uh, retcon things, All right? The time. And that's part of this. To this he, day, this is always something that we complain about now as wrestling fans. Right. Where it's like, especially now, because you could do that back then because maybe it was. Because they didn't have they anything. Weren't, they weren't televised. And they weren't recorded. And yeah. there wasn't a lot of like proof, quote unquote. And if you did see um, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant together, it was in like. Your small ring in the suburb in, of yeah, in nowhere. Somewhere in Iowa. Yeah. So now, everything's recorded everywhere. So if you try to tell me that these people have never met before, we can go like... Well, it's e- on YouTube. Even other companies. It's like you can Google and be like, no, they wrestled like 15 times. Like, Yeah. So that I found really fascinating. Um, and just making Andre the heel, right? That mm. was really fa- a fascinating process. And... And how he didn't like it. And, well, no, no. He, he really didn't like it. And... 
Um, I, I, I found that part of it fascinating. Um, things I did not like, it went on a little long. I felt. Okay. Or at least it, it see, it seemed to drag a little mm. at parts. Um, and then. Post WrestleMania 3, it gets a little. Well, I, there's I not a lot to say. They kind of get it, you know, they get in, they spend some time on the Princess Bride stuff. Yeah, and... I just feel like in the middle, it got a little. Meh. Um, and then, yeah, post WrestleMania 3. Um, yeah, I don't know. There was just spots where it dragged a little bit. Um, but it was, it was or pretty like solid. His, his daughter's just kind of like thrown in there for like 15 seconds. And yeah, I'm like, I didn't even like, know he had a daughter. And like, she's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I've forgiven him. Like, I understand that my mom didn't want me around wrestling and I don't think he did either. And he couldn't really be the father he wanted because he was traveling so much. But even finding out like he worked like 360 days a year. Yeah. Uh, he traveled like one week he was in Cincinnati and then the next week he was like in Paris. Right. So that was really fascinating as well. Um, and just the shot of him, you see him on a plane, like, yeah. Oh yeah. And he, like, he's got to take up an entire row. And that's the other thing I wanted more of, which they only sort of did at the end was like how he's even said he's talking in an interview and he's like, they have stuff for those who are blind and those who are crippled, but they don't have stuff for big people. Mm. Right. He's, they, they don't make anything for me and they, they don't. Right. And they, at the very end, they show like the chair his mom made for him, mm. which is like the size of like three people chair, regular people chairs. Um, I kind of was interested in in that, right? And how he experienced the world. Um, I had no idea that he had seen doctors and there was like treatment that could have like yeah. improved his life, but he didn't. Because he was worried he wasn't going to be able to wrestle, and he loved wrestling. He'd found he found his people, right? Mm. So that was yeah. So the whole thing was really fascinating, um, and he was a really fascinating guy, and you can see how him dying has also impacted a lot of people um the bit with vince at the end that was the moment where i was like uh, yeah <laughs> where he's like not even paying attention and he yeah had, what do you say they asked you can hear the interviewer going like did andre's passing affect you more than other people yeah you've lost from the business and i don't know if vince is like jesus christ or like yeah it's just like his like dismissal of <laughs> how ridiculous a question that is to ask yeah because they were not getting along no um by the end of it. Yeah. By the end of their relationship. And he admits that, which I think is... Yeah. Vince admits it, and Vince admits why yeah. that probably happened. Um, what did it really have to do with? I don't even remember. Not booking him yeah, and like, anymore, and trying to like put him out to pasture type of thing. And, and the heel thing. Yeah. And even Hulk Hogan says, like, a lot of us, like, he wanted to stay, but he couldn't, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so see Vince McMahon cry at the end of yeah. the documentary and like, even oh. hulk hogan getting like choked up and again like you said he's always you know acting it out mm. so who knows how true that is but yeah i just thought it was a nice uh i mean you can go like you can find other documentaries that are quote-unquote better that are more like even more like the wrestler as far as like if you really want to get into the in-depth workings of the bit what a weird business that is yeah um but this was definitely a it's a good it's a good entry level do not watch Andre the Giant, like, Living Legend or something or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. From, there's, like, a, there's another one that's... Uh, it's like an A&E documentary mm. and it has a really bad voiceover. <laughs> that is not the one you are looking for. It's, like, from 2014, too. Is it? Yeah. So, not that one. This one is super fresh. It was on HBO just a few weeks ago. And Caitlin McKinnon, if you were giving it kick punches, yeah. what are you giving it? I would give it a seven. Solid. Yeah. Well, that is out there if you've got your HBOs. Check that out. 
and other places. We have HBO. Of course we do. Of course we do. We're made of money. Yep. Do, 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 do. Uh, now, thing I brought, Jordan. Yes. He was like, documentary. Another documentary. And I was like, oh, okay, let's, let's, let's think about this. Sometimes I like it when we kind of match up, right? Mm. And if you make me uh, watch a boring documentary, I'm going to make you watch a boring documentary, but just which one? Hmm. Um, so the first one I gave him, he'd seen. Uh, and I think we actually, now that I... Now that I'm I'm remembering, I feel like we probably talked about it on the show. It was Hodorowsky's Dune. Go out and watch Hodorowsky's Dune. It's fantastic. Um, especially if you're a fan of Dune. Um, you don't have to be a fan of Hodorowsky. Um, so then I was like, okay, what other film documentaries can I think of? And a couple came to mind. And then I was like, oh, I know. Because this is what, like, do the, do the bell. Do the bell. This is what brought it to mind. <laughs> that... Uh, Terry Gilliam's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote is coming out this year. Which I did not know until looking it up after the fact. Yeah. Um, and it stars Adam Driver. Good for him. Not wanting to be put into a box. And <laughs> that other person who's pretty famous, but, you know, is always in like the secondary character or plays like an angry boss or something. Um, once you see him, you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy. It's Jonathan Price, isn't it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. Anyways, um, so that's coming out. But I had known that he had done this before because I am a Terry Gilliam film fan, not so much a person fan. Oh, that age-old person's kind of a monster. Does he come from? Well, we'll get get into that because I have, like I said, I had an update that dovetailed into okay. you giving me this all right um and he's not the the greatest and but he's this amazing movie maker who i love um so he tried to make the man who killed don quixote um in 2000 this had been a project in his brain for the better part of a decade um all of his movies sort of play on the themes of like Sanity, what's real, what isn't, um, aging in a lot of cases. Terry Gilliam is like your Satoshi Khan. Yeah. Similar kind of themes. Yeah. We've gone through a lot of Satoshi Khan's work on the show. We've gone through a lot of Terry Gilliam's work on the show. Yep. Um, so, and for me, when I was super, super into film, uh, started getting into it sort of at the end of high school, this... Terry Gilliam was, I was like, oh my God, uh, my brain. Um, so I had watched the documentary many, many years ago. So I might be a little, uh, my memory has some holes in it. So you might have to fill some stuff in. Um, but I remember this being a really interesting look at production and what can go wrong on mm-hmm. a production, yeah. which I found fascinating at that age. Cause I hadn't seen a lot of behind the scenes making of type stuff at the time. Um, so he tried to make this movie in 2000. It did not work out. <laughs> there was like flooding and like crazy storms and like a military base that was doing like uh, uh, drills and stuff and finance problems and actor issues. And it just sort of like all these things piled on top of one another. And uh, apparently Terry Gilliam has, well, he notoriously has bad luck making things. Um, and so he actually has people film his productions often. So he has like a record of all the things that have gone on. Um, well, this was originally supposed to be like 
the featurette for whenever it came out yes. on DVD, right? And then yes. it just morphed into this like, oh my god, these are all <laughs> this the is things. falling apart. And like he he tried to make this movie even before two thousand. Mm-hmm. I think nineteen ninety one was the first time he had sort of tried to get funding, and then a couple other times in the nineties, and finally um, he couldn't find any American funding, so he went to Europe. Um, he had someone sort of document the making of, it was going to be, a, like you said, like a featurette, the making of, except it turned into this documentary that was released in 2002 about like the disaster that was this movie. Um, called Lost in La Mancha. Lost in La Mancha. Um, and it also was a really interesting, like, view of the man as the director, which he's constantly trying to make really elaborate things on a very (laughs) tight budget so in his own way there's like this parallel between don quixote um mistaking what is and what is not uh set in reality (laughs) and terry gilliam what is and what is not possible in reality um so jordan what did you think about this documentary um as you said it is if you have any interest in the makings of film Which I I don't know that I totally do, but I mean, when you watch this and you see, even on what is a, air quote, smaller production, but you still see everything involved with it. Oh, just how elaborate it is. And you think, this is like a smaller movie. And then you think of like what goes into like, how like the Russo brothers are not just going to like fly to a private island and never do anything again after Infinity War comes out. Right. I just do not understand. Like, because yeah. if that much could go wrong on Don Quixote, which was, you know, filmed in one spot. Yep. <laughs> yep. With like, you know, four actors. Um, how do you even juggle something like Infinity War? Um, as far as him as a person, interestingly enough, so I think, I don't know if I ever mentioned it on mic, but I definitely told you recently that, like, Netflix got all the Python. Yeah. Like, all of it. All the movies, Best of Flying Circus stuff. They had some, some live shows, documentary or something. And there's a documentary on there. I Listen, they've done a shitload of Python documentaries over the years. Yeah. I had not seen this one. I think it's called Almost the Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely newer because... You know, like Jimmy Fallon's in there as a talking head. Right. Um, a couple other people, Simon Pegg, people like that. And I'll, number one, had no idea Graham Chapman was gay. You didn't? I had no idea. Oh, yeah. And it was famously like something that destroyed him inside and he drank a lot about it. Drank a whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know he drank that much either. Oh, yeah. That's probably, I think um, that's one of the things that led to his death. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um. um they had a very good, like, he gave a solo interview to some show once and mm-hmm. talked very frankly about all that. And that was good to have for the documentary. But anyway, getting into the, the, the Holy Grail type stuff and talking about Gilliam as a director and yeah. kind of the push-pull between him and Terry Jones, who both wanted to direct. Yes. And Terry <clears> Gilliam <throat> talking, the others talking about Terry Gilliam as a director and he himself talking about how he is as a director. Yeah. I kind of was like, had been getting a lot of Gilliam already right. before you brought me this. Right. So then to see it in action at that stage in his career. Um, you're like, ah, even as a young man doing the Holy Grail, he still had that. Like he just, it's, <laughs> he just wants to get cool shit on film. Yeah. That's his like primary yeah. narrative story, things that make sense. Less of a priority. It's for a him. problem. Less, <laughs> it's less a of, problem. Less of a priority. Terry Jones 
is very much very much was a was more of the like able to keep it together sort of a narrative <laughs> cohesion type of thing so when yeah. it came time to do life of brian gilliam was like two two head chefs you got to be a dictator yeah so i will i will back out and yeah. let terry jones actually do the actual directing here and i will do more of the cinematography storyboarding Art type stuff, stuff yeah. yeah which is what he's most interested in um but just watching this the fucking planes <laughs> when yeah. they get out so they finally as caitlin said they the only financing they can really secure is European. And this yes. like conglomerate of like 60 yeah. European investors who and have then, all ponied up money. And then even then someone, they were supposed to have like 4 million something, something. And then even then somebody backs out at the, at, at the very beginning, but right before they start uh, production and they're down to like 3.7 something million. Yeah. Um, and they're filming it in Spain and they find this spot next to a, like a NATO air drill base yeah they're told they only do testing for like one hour a day type of thing yep and they get out there and they're shooting some scene it's not a straight adaptation of don quixote it's like somebody an advertising exec ends up going back to the past and becoming the sancho panza yeah character um or quixote mistakes him for sancho panza yeah and originally this was played in johnny depp you do see some of the you know what the whole like 15 minutes of footage Um, they seemed able to get during this disaster of a production but they're at they're out there and like the first day they go to film it's like it's like recording this podcast in parkdale like with the the window open you're just you're trying to get your scene and then all of a sudden over the you just you're over top and these fucking planes are going by and it's like what are like that right there could just a plane going by can shut the whole shit down yeah and then what do you do because every minute you're standing there not doing something is money thousands of dollars are just in being incinerated yeah or like one detail so they have they have the rainstorm yeah um even though the weather said was not going to happen yep <laughs> and then this rainstorm comes in and they're filming not like on a desert but it's like you know a dirt field type of thing and it's not only that then everything gets soaked and it's a mud field when it does dry out they had already filmed some shit yep the the, the color of the ground changes and these hills are now you know two pantones darker and they're and they're also like there's green where there wasn't green before and the the where they filmed something where it was sunny it's now dark the light is completely different yeah Yeah. and just all that stuff and you definitely get this sense it's not leaned into too hard because i think the sense was like if gilliam came off too bad he probably wouldn't let this come out so i don't think the uh the documentarians really lean that hard into it yeah but there's definitely a sense that seems to bubble among some of them that, like, he's not taking this seriously enough. Right. Like, we need to eject, like, now. But he just wants to keep shooting shit. And he even says as much, I think, at one point in the film where he's yeah. like, as long as, as long as I'm shooting, or somebody says about him, like, as long as he's shooting, he's happy. Like, he needs to be, he needs to be shooting. And there's a moment where they have a production meeting with the entire crew and some of the producers and... A random crew member walks by the camera and just kind of says, like, just to get it captured on film, I'm really curious where the director of this movie is. And he had a place to be, but yeah. still, like, you know, that because the the guy they hired to be Don Quixote is this, like, 75-year-old French actor. Looks great. Yeah. But he ends up getting a fucking herniated disc or some shit. Yeah. They try to film with him. He can't get on a horse. He can't ride a horse. He's in so much pain that, like, he can't act. Yeah. Because, you know, they show his face and he's constantly, like, <laughs> like... 
make pulling faces from the pain he's in. Just you don't know how many things can go wrong with making a movie. Even until even you watch this, the I can't remember her name. The actress's contract, like they're having this Vanessa like, parody. Yeah, yeah, they're having this this like discussion about like she can't do any of the dates and yeah. they haven't. This contract hasn't been signed, and they're already in production and. Like, I think how many days did they even get into? I think they only did like nine days of production. Like that's as far as they got before. Yeah. Um, the but that's what it was. The insurance wouldn't cover. It comes down to insurance. That's what yeah. kills the movie is insurance, because the insurance broker wouldn't was calling. So the John John Rush Rockford is that the name of the actor? I think so, yeah. The actor playing Don Quixote gets Rest sick. Rest in peace. <laughs> did he did he pass? Not from that, but yes, he did pass. <laughs> um. He contracts an illness on top of these herniated discs, and the insurance broker calls his illness a force majeure, which is classified as a force majeure, which is a act of God. You yeah. can't control that. The insurance company is not responsible for force forces majeure. I don't know where the plural goes on that. Is it forces majeure or force majeure? Is majeure it is. Um, um, I don't. I don't think act of God is act of God. Go- <laughs> acts of acts God. Acts of God. Not act of gods. Yeah. Um, Though depending on what religion. You're part of. <laughs> The insurance company will not cover that. And it's just yeah. like, and they, they also, there was this thing where like the first AD wanted to pull out faster, but like all the, uh, all the producers were like willing to turn on him and throw him under the bus. And yeah. so they kind of gloss over it really fast, but there's a moment where he's basically like chewing Terry Gilliam. Out and he's like, this is my recommendation. I'm quitting. You do what you want because you're not going to back me up. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Yo, yeah. it's not like. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be like Hearts of Darkness, which is the like, you know, Coppola coked out of his mind trying to make Apocalypse Now (laughs) documentary, which is, listen, if you ain't seen Hearts of Darkness, see Hearts of Darkness. Not if you want to watch it, not unless, but if you don't want to watch an ox get massacred, don't. Yeah, lots of cocaine. At the end of that, there was not, no animals have not been harmed. (laughs) Not animals have been harmed. Not put that on that movie. No. Hearts of Darkness is insane. This is not insane. This is like if you're a process nerd. Yeah. Which I kind of am a little bit. I love I love stories about process. Yeah. Um, and just the most mundane things can torpedo a major production. You don't understand how many people are involved and how many moving parts there are. I I would love to be the person in charge of everything. <laughs> Like, I don't want to direct the movie. Galen watches these movies just being like, oh, my God, if I was there, though, I'd be so on top. It's just salivating. <laughs> I would be – everything would be so organized. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fucking post-it tabs on everything. You have no idea. All those notes. I would get to go to Staples so many times. <laughs> Is that your dream? Just going to Staples with a blank checkbook? Yeah. Just like, an, like all the things to get organized. Just like an Amex black card and a free run of Staples? Like Yeah. Absolutely. But it's all for something I'm going to do. Yes. Not just to have. Not just to hoard. But just like, I'm not a dragon, but just to like. <laughs> Someone draw Caitlin as a dragon <laughs> hoarding stationery. Kyam, we're looking at you. Um, You're done school. Get to work. You have so many projects to do now, Kyam. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. I love the thought of like organizing an entire movie. Um, But yeah, just the one where, the one soundstage they can find to work on in Spain Mm because everything else is booked and then they get in there and it's basically a warehouse Mm -hmm. and like the echo and reverb in there is so terrible like you'd have to spend another million dollars soundproof in the fucking thing yeah but 
then you know, all these problems are coming up, but then you see Terry Gilliam like working with his marionette soldiers or whatever, happy as a clam. Yeah. <laughs> so clue me in. Why is he a terrible person? Uh, um, he said some terrible things about like women and the Me Too movement, and oh, this is newly awful. This is yeah, this is recent awfulness, and some other things about like I don't know actresses. He's he's just not a great. He's old. He's Remember, old, he's, he's an old guy. He's an old white guy who has been able to make amazing movies so he can be awful although in that python documentary you know obviously they ask me would you do anything again which seems just a ridiculous question because they're all like 70 at this point yeah um <laughs> killiam does say his dream is to do maybe like seven shows have four of them just be the worst shit they've ever done yeah so everyone tunes out and then have episode five be the best thing they've ever done <laughs> so then the two people left who are watching it Run through the streets. <laughs> you hop online. <laughs> talking about, oh my God, this was the best Python I've ever seen. And nobody believes them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Terry Gilliam. <sighs> Terry Gilliam doesn't understand how the internet works, but that's... <laughs> yeah. That'd still be a fun thing to do. Oh, kick punches. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. Cool. Like I said, you got to be a process nerd. Yeah. Like you got to... And also, hey, hey. 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 90 minutes. Oh, always a bonus. Always a bonus. Loaded it up. Also, also Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, also 90 minutes. Sweet spot. Yep. Well done. Well, I don't know where you find that. I also don't know where you find that. any streaming service, but it's out there somewhere. It's I mean, you can, probably, you can probably rent it on iTunes or something. Nobody or cares right now. It's 2002. It was probably made by <laughs> French directors. They don't care. But, yeah, oddly enough, because I remember reading on the Wikipedia, like, to... Just I had no idea it was actually coming out. Yeah. I read the Wikipedia on the documentary and it was like they had a link for the, the actual movie. And I was like, oh, let me get some more. Maybe this will give me some more history on the actual movie. And it's like, oh, no, it's kind of technically already out. It's going to premiere. It's going to close con like yeah. this year. Like, yeah. okay. They have a trailer. Do they? Yeah. Oh, shit. I got to look that up then. It looks actually really good. Well, well, that just makes you feel good. Yeah. 20 fucking years this guy has <laughs> hope for all of us friends just wish terry gilliam was a better person well you know you know on that note god way to go out with a bang kate god damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i need my prices right sad tuba on the, you know on the drop what? board you know what let's go out with a, on a good note okay the weather is fabulous it is fabulous it is fabulous so we're gonna get out into this weather i'm gonna go buy some milk you guys go buy some snacks I'm and eat them. Come back and play some of. Oh, you hear them? Play some of all these fabulous all the, records all I bought. Records, yeah, and that are no longer in our space. <laughs> so how roomy it is now, Kate. I know it looks less like Lane's bedroom from I Serial can, Experiments. <laughs> I can lean my elbow on the ledge. <laughs> she, has, she has her elbow ledge back. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us as you do every week. As said at the top, if you want to get at us for anything, you can do that on Twitter at GeekDownPod, Instagram at GeekDownPod, email us, GeekDownPod at gmail.com, or on the Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Get at us for any of those reasons. Thank you so much for being with us as you are every week, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. You know what? 
Let me throw this to Caitlin McKinnon because as we H bomb for both of us. <laughs> From zero to hysterical, and one's keeping to be baby. What the fuck was I even talking about before that happened? <laughs>